It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. On today's episode, we're going to have Antoine Burns, former Gophers wide receiver, uh, one of my best friends, also NFL wide receiver as well. Uh, went to the Seahawks. I think he was with the uh, Panthers for a little bit as well. Uh, but we're going to have Antoine Burns on to do the Daily Three, talk a little football, talk a little quote game. And then we're also going to talk about the Vikings press conference. What did we get from it? What are the takeaways? Does this mean wins? Is this losses? What, what's going to happen with the Vikings and this GM-led crew with uh, Kwesi Adolfo-Mensa? But, of course, there's other press conferences and media days that happen. That is Gophers football. P.J. Fleck hit the, uh, the press trail, I guess you would call it. Uh, the players were in tow. But as we bring in my producer, Sam Extra, mm-hmm. Sam, up, before we get into this, because there's there's a lot going on with Gophers football. They, they, they've been ranked. Everybody's been told what they think of this Gophers football team, which means if you're in this spot, and we'll tell you what the spot is, you have a chance to win the Big Ten, at least the Big Ten West. Because in the spot they're in, it's very winnable uh, from, from what people say, and I'll tell you why. But before we jump into that, we have a word from our sponsors. You got it. Let me tell you about BlueNile.com. This is a great tool for any gentleman out there who's looking to buy a certain um, sparkly gift for a significant other, perhaps. It's an online tool that lets you find the shape, the size, the clarity that you desire so you can get the perfect piece that she's absolutely going to love, whether that's engagement or another special occasion. Find a one-of-a-kind ring at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile also has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 to provide support via phone or chat. Make that big moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more, and this podcast exclusive also includes engagement. So use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Yeah, Sam, so as we jump into this, and, you know, you, you kind of said, What's the temperature of today's show? Well, the temperature is Encore. I guess we'll go with that. Encore 4. That's kind of the cool name the Gophers have given four players that have been here for six years. And P.J. Flex said this is one of the most uh, dedicated, bought-in groups that he's had. Um, he, he said when your hardest workers are your best players, uh, you find success. I can agree with that. I look at my daughter's softball team. Our best players were our hardest workers. Um, they wanted to get better. They wanted to make plays happen. So that's happening here with the Gophers. You look at Mariano Sarmarian, look at Tyler Newbin. Uh, you look at those guys coming back. Of course, you have Tanner Morgan at quarterback. You got Mo Ibrahim. We know he is going to be one of those. We got Mike, uh, John Michael Schmitz, um, who could have left and went to the NFL, but he's coming back to the offensive line. Um, and then, again, Chris Altman-Bell, one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. So when you look at those guys, and those four specifically, you got Tanner Morgan, you got John Michael Schmidt, you got uh, Mo Ivorum, and you got Chris Hoffman-Bell. That's the encore four. 
you have four guys that are really bought into this program. You also, within six years now, you've gotten rid of guys, not gotten rid of, bad word. You, you've guys have moved on uh, that were from the previous regime and recruited by previous coaches. Um, that's a big part of this. You know, when you get guys, only guys that you recruit, you get only guys uh, that, that know your system. It, it's sometimes tough for guys to come from old systems and get put in new systems and really be bought in 100% because they're like, well, we did it this way and this is how we had done it before. Um, you you always are going to have that little man on your shoulder, Coach Macy used to call it, kind of telling you, nah, let's do it a different way. Uh, don't. He doesn't have that. He had to have guys that that are thinking opposite ways of what to do in, in a situation. They are flat guys. And so I think the leaders are starting to buy in. The nine-win seasons, you know, guys are starting to see the, the actuals. Like, you can talk all day, but if you're not winning games, it's tough for players to be bought in. And so what I'm getting is just a team that's successful, players that, that has been recruited and have all been together and have bought into the program and, and the whole roll the boat and, and, and RTB and everything like they're the ball is the program. Like they've bought into this, they bought into it all. And so now if it's like, Hey, we're right there on the cusp, nine wins, 10 wins, nine wins. Like we're right here. We're, 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 we're going to bowl games, being Auburn. We're right. We're right at it. But what's next? Can we turn the corner? And so the Gophers coming into this right now, they have Wisconsin, Iowa, and then Minnesota third in the Big Ten West. The key to that is that's 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 saying that the Gophers can't beat Iowa or Wisconsin. That's all that is. That's that's what they're literally saying in this. And and when you think about it, they haven't. They haven't beat them. Like they they beat Wisconsin, they got the axe, but they haven't beat Iowa. They can't do two. They they have not been able to get both. But Sam, in your opinion, uh, from that presser and all the stuff PJ Fleck is saying, do you feel like the encore four plus the ball in players, do you feel like that's enough to overtake the Big Ten West? So I, I look at what I think held this team back last year, and it was an offense that could not move the ball, even against the most meager opponents, whether it was Illinois or Bowling Green. There didn't seem to be a lot of faith in that offense. They they didn't throw the ball very aggressively at all. The play calling was conservative, and you've talked about this, Ron. Offensive coordinator was a problem. Well, now they've got a new offensive coordinator, one that they trust, one that P.J. Fleck talked about yesterday a lot. They've got a 60-year quarterback, 60-year center, 60-year running back, 60-year wide receiver. Um, you've got an offense with guys that are so old and mature, they're getting married. Like, I think a couple of those Encore 4 guys are either engaged or married. Like, that, you definitely have um, an experienced, seasoned, battle-tested offensive core. So if you can't win with this offense, that's going to be your downfall again because this is an offense that should be ready to win with, when you have talent on the line, talent at receiver, talent at running back and quarterback that's been around for so long. That's got to be how you win. You've got the coordinator now. You don't have that excuse. You've got a healthy Mo Ibrahim back. you got to win with the offense. Got to be better this year. And I think they're definitely equipped to do that. And if you can coach up the defense a little bit, uh, you definitely can win one or both of those games. Yeah, and when you look at – and I'm not going to go to Gopher schedule. I'm going to go to Badgers because the Badgers schedule to me does seem extremely easy. And this is probably why they put Wisconsin number one. Look at Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State. Ohio State's a tough one. That's probably a loss. Illinois, 
Northwestern, Michigan State. That's that's the one. If, if Michigan State can help Minnesota out, that's the one. You got Purdue, you got Maryland, you got Iowa. Now, depending on how the season's going at that point, I wish both teams could lose, but it can't happen. It's figuring out who can, you know, like who do you need to lose that game? And my guess is up to that point, it might actually be Iowa needs a loss because I think Wisconsin might lose to Ohio State and Michigan State. And so at that point, it's it's up to the two lost teams and Minnesota not being one of them or being, you know, right with them with the two losses uh, to be able to get in because they were the last team in. And then you got Nebraska and then you got Minnesota. And where I go with this is that Minnesota's schedule <clears throat> is just as favorable. You got and, – and, and Wisconsin does have Washington State in there. Now, Washington State is an enigma. We don't know what team you're going to get out of the Cougs. You could get a really good team or you can get just a bat, like, out of their minds. We don't know what's going on team. We'll see what that looks like. But you got New Mexico State. You got Western Illinois from Minnesota. Uh, you got Colorado. And then you got Michigan State. That's going to be the one. If, if Minnesota can find a way to get past Michigan State, it, it's then they have some breathing room to beat Purdue, beat Illinois, and then maybe lose to a Penn State, beat a Rutgers, beat a Nebraska, beat a Northwestern, and then you got the Iowa-Wisconsin. If you can split Iowa-Wisconsin, now you are 10-2. and two. If somehow you falter and lose to Penn State and Michigan State, you got to win both those games. And I think that's where the Big Ten is putting them. They're putting them on a loss to Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa-Wisconsin. Uh, even if they split one of the two, they've lost three. Losing three probably doesn't do it when you look at Wisconsin's schedule. But crazier things have happened in the Big Ten. Crazier things have happened in football. And that's why we watch the games, because you never know. You never know. Like the kid from Michigan State that, that ran out of his mind against Michigan. Nobody expected that to happen. Like, it, it's just one of those things where you never truly know what's going to happen in the season. But I think the Gophers can get it done, but they are going to need some help from other teams. Like, that's going to be the key is what can they do to get past those teams? They And then what can those teams do to help them? Like, can Michigan State help and knock off Wisconsin? You know, can Iowa, depending on who needs it, can Iowa, Wisconsin knock the, you know, be the one that wins that Minnesota needs? Like, if, if both of them have, or one of them has two losses, one has one loss, we need the team with one loss to lose. Because we need it to be tied two and two, and then the Gophers have a chance. If you can beat both, you're in. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you falter early against Jerry Kill. Because we know Jerry Kill is coming to Minnesota to put everything on the table. He's going to throw the kitchen sink at this guy. He's going to blitz. He's like, look, we're probably going to get beat, but we're going to go out fighting. We're going we're gonna to pull the pins on grenades and wait for you to turn our bodies over, and we're going to die together. Like, Jerry Kill is not going to go down without a fight. Like, this game has been circled on his calendar. Uh, this game has been, like, the minute he found out, you know, yep, I'm taking the head coaching job and what, we scheduled Minnesota, he's been getting ready. Because that's all you do the first week of training camp, second week of training camp. You prepare for that first game. You don't worry about the rest of your season. Like, New Mexico State, they'll be fine. But now you have Jerry Kill down there, and in his mind, He's got to get it done. And if I'm not mistaken, Rick Patino is or Richard Patino is down in New Mexico State too. So you got two former Gophers coaches down in New Mexico trying to get it done. And Jerry Kill is going to come guns a-blazing. Well, now it's time to sit down and hang out with Ron Johnson. We're going to bring Antoine Burns into the Ron Johnson show, former Gophers receiver, former NFL receiver. As we bring Antoine into the show, 
Antoine, man, it's good to have you on. Uh, my God, his son is my godson. He's now graduated high school. So that's when I realized I was old uh, when my godson graduated high school. But as we go back to just, I mean, this is this is training camp time for, for college and, and pro football. Uh, as you think about the first time you had to pack your bags and get on the road and come to Minnesota, like what was going through your mind? Uh, to be honest, I was a little bit uh, nervous about the unexpected. You know, you um, going into what we used to have, which was the original two a days. Um, the unexpected was really the, the most thing I was really nervous about, but I was excited. Um, I was ready, but I was more so just a lot. I was just nervous because I, the unexpected, pretty much. Yeah, when you think about that, man, Glenn Mason. I mean, I, I had been there, so I already knew what to expect. Um, but I know my freshman year was the same thing. We just did not know. I knew it was football. Um, but your run test, like how, how did that go for you? Because I know for me, I passed it with flying colors. I know guys were throwing up. How was your run test when you first got here? Uh, those, those, hey, listen, you'll never forget those uh, those 110s. But um, I, I, um, I always passed my test. You know, I was one of the things where my, I wouldn't let my uh, – my pride, I would couldn't not couldn't fail those uh, those tests, but I passed all my tests with flying colors. But I'm gonna tell you one thing though, it sucked. It really sucked. Them one ten sucked for real. They suck. <laughs> yeah, they and then, I mean, and then we switched to like fifty yard shuttles or sixty yard shuttles. That was even worse to me. I hate to start and stop with my long legs. I'm good to go, but I hate start and stop stuff. Uh, that was built for those little guys. Um, but, man, like college days, I had Spice Adams on yesterday. And, you know, Penn State game came up. Like, what, what's one of the memories, man, that you have from, from the Penn State-Minnesota game um, that everybody talked about? And, of course, Ohio State, too. But, but Penn State, Ohio State, like, what's the memories from those beating, you know, two giants? Uh, <clears throat> when we talk about that Penn, that Penn State game, was uh, that was huge, man. You made a, had a spectacular uh, catch in that game, man. It was uh, it was awesome just for the you know for the university. You know, uh, they was I think they was what number two I think at the time. Um, yeah. That was a huge moment. You and uh, you and Arlen, you guys did a great job of uh, putting uh, Dan in a position to uh, get that winning kick, man, and uh, upset them boys. Um, far as Ohio State, um, I can remember Ohio State game. I don't think I traveled that game, but I think I watched that game. And that was a, uh, I think that was your your coming out party that that game, man. We uh, you did some great things in that game. I think we had what Travis was a, the quarterback at the time. Uh, you guys had some uh, um, some amazing amazing connections. But just you know, just to talk about those two different games, man. You know, with Penn State being one of the powerhouses, and Ohio State obviously is still one of those powerhouses for us to do what we did against those two teams was uh, was simply amazing, man. I was just glad to be around and be a part of that. And when you think about the NFL, you know, now you transitioned out of Minnesota, uh, you head to the NFL, uh, what, you know, you get that call, hey, you know, we want you to come and be a part of our organization. Uh, what was that like getting down there for an NFL training camp? Because that's what these guys are doing now. They're leaving now. They're heading to training camp. I just saw Kyle Rudolph post. I saw Adam Thielen leave the house. I saw CJ Ham. Uh, you're starting to see, you know, Anthony Harris goes to his Philadelphia training camp. So you're seeing all the guys now post, you know, leaving the house or first day of school pictures. Um, how was that? Uh, for me, uh, again, you know, it was, it was the nerves, but I was a little, I was excited, man. You know, it was one of the uh, childhood dreams, the opportunity just to be able to step out there with some of the guys that you watch on TV. Um, yeah, it was like a, um, it was a going away, going away party, you know, like first day of school. Um, you know, just excited to see what was to, what was to come, you know, just uh, excited to get to work. 
And and what like what team, you know, between Seattle and the Panthers, like what team for you would have been like the best experience? Uh, I would say, um, yeah, for me, uh, my best experience was in, in Carolina. Um, at that point, I already had my foot in the door, so I, I knew what to expect. Um, so camp went uh, pretty well for me um, in Carolina. So I think that was a, the most exciting experience I had right there. That was that was great for me. It was going back to uh, going to camp in Carolina. But like, what what was exciting about? I mean, I know Julius Peppers was there because he and I were friends, and you know what was exciting about it. I guess we can say with uh, <clears throat> I guess what it was excited about, you know, me having, like I said, a year under my belt. And then obviously I was there for two years. So um, going back that second year was a little bit more exciting because I kind of um, had the experience. Um, I had, a, you know, met a couple guys like uh, going out there with Steve and I worked with, with Steve. Um, going up against some of the top corners like Chris Gamble, who was uh, one of the top corners at the time, being able to compete with those guys. Um, the connections I made, um, you just mentioned Julius Peppers. Uh, one camp story about him was, you know, I had to uh, come down in motion and try to crack that guy, man. Listen, that's not a job for the faint at heart, man. I'm trying to track, um, crack a guy that's 6'8", uh, what, 280, almost 300 pounds, man, trying to do a crack block on him. But uh, that was just some of the fun that I had down, you know, in camp and um, I looked forward to it like, each and every day. Yeah, and look at, you know, going back to Glenn Mason, you know, we, we've had some ups and downs with Glenn, um, you know, the program kind of, you know, where, where they are now with Marion Barber, Maroney, uh, Luke Leverson, you know, all those names. And you look at what the program is now with P.J. Fleck, you know, when you hear roll the boat, what does that mean to you? Um, you know what I think about that is, you know, we're going back with, with Mason. Uh, Mason did a great job with us, but the, to hear the thing roll the boat, it just seems like something, you know, you got, you got to be all in. Everybody has to be in. Um, we all have to be rolling at the same time, be on the same page in order for, you know, the team to be successful. I think that's a great thing that Fleck um, uses as well the boat because you think about it, if you're on a boat, uh, let's say you're, you're paddling a boat, everybody got to be paddling at the same way. Otherwise, that boat's going to go in circles. So um, I just think that's a great uh, mantra that he has with them, and I think he's done a great job with the program thus far. All right, so now we're gonna have some fun with man. You gotta, 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 gotta go back some some stories that people don't know, man. Like, you have some fun with with you. So some in stories. the locker room, Styles G White, Greg White, like Good. explain because you were his roommate. You had to deal with this dude as a roommate at one point, um, right. and you had Jason Green. And at some point, your apartment caught on fire. Like, how, and I was in the building. Like, I, I, I slept through the, the fire alarm. Thank God the fire department stopped the fire. But how did your room catch on fire? So, so here's, here's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, man, because here's the story about this, right? So I left. Remember, we had the McDonald's on campus, right? So I left yeah. to go to I left to go to McDonald's. And as we were at McDonald's, I started to hear um, all these different sirens. I'm like, gee, I hope, whatever, whatever's going on, I hope it's all right. You know, and I'm laughing. And, you know, right now I'm like, I should have been laughing because now laughing at people, it, it happened to me. But I'm sitting there laughing. And I'm like, I hope nothing too bad ain't happening, but not laughing as in maliciously laughing. So as we're coming back, I started to look at the building. I'm like, wait a minute, that smoke coming from Wilt, right? So as I get closer, I look, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that, that is that my room? And uh, I kind of found it was my room. What happened was Jay Green, he was trying to uh, – get the apartment all cozy for a young lady or whatever it was. He had lit some candles, right? So he lit some candles and my, it was a quilt that my grandma had made. It was sitting on the uh, the table 
and he lit the candle and set it right next to the quilt to where the candle got so hot that it caught the quilt on fire. So the, that's what happened with that situation, man. It just it was just crazy, man. He told me later, he's like, man, I was trying to get the, the I was trying to get the room cozy for this and, and just caught him. Sorry, bro. It's like whatever, but that's what happened with that situation. <laughs> he was trying to get it ready for some young lady or something. Yeah, man, because I, I, I mean, I slept through it, and then I wake up the next morning. Thank God, like, they stopped it. But I woke up the next morning, and, like, I see it. I see, like, the window and all that stuff, and I see the, 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 the yellow tape, and I'm like, what the? And they're like, yeah, you didn't hear the fire alarm last night? And I'm like, no. Like, I was passed out. Like, I was so tired from practice. Like, I was out of it, and I had no idea this dude had caught the apartment on fire you guys are on the other side of the building though too so that was that was the perfect yeah. thing for me you guys are in the other corner so it took a while for it to get to my room but yeah i was okay. like man what in the world like how did we catch a building on fire like and i remember glenn mason saying that like what idiot and of course it was jason green and so <laughs> And then, like Greg White, you know, you had Greg White too, and and, and style. He changed his name to Styles because of uh, the movie Teen Wolf. But you know, there's a story of this dude like having a Skittles and putting it in his belly button and then eating it. Like, what? What was like? What? What goes through his mind half the time? I mean, you know, I think I, Greg, he just dares to be different, man. Like that's how he is. You know, he got that that energy that he wants to be different, man. I I, I remember coming in the locker room, man, and he he sitting laid back. Like this, <laughs> he got the skittles sitting on his stomach. Yeah, man. But I think he just—he just one of them guys that just dares to be different, man. He was a funny guy, man. Greg, he out. Well, Styles. I'm sorry, I'm calling him Greg, but you know, I'm, that's the name I'm used to. But Styles, you know, he had his way of uh, trying to get the attention from everybody, and it, and it worked, especially with the skittles, man. That that was just some of the weirdest stuff, man. Yeah, that was it was uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I went down to <laughs> I went down to Tampa, and he was. His teammates had no idea his name was Greg. And so when I called him Greg, they were laughing so hard because he's style. I mean, he changed his name to legally changed his name to Styles. Styles G. White. Like, so that's that's the dude's name. He has blue hair now. So clearly, yeah, he's a different guy. Um, but but I want to thank my boy Antoine for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Up next, we got the daily three as we transition. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam Ekstrom is gonna jump in. All right, Ron, daily three time. I've got quotes from yesterday's Minnesota Vikings press conferences, and I'm going to have you react. Quasi talked, KOC talked, Harrison, Dalvin, a lot of juicy stuff. So here's quote number one. See what you think. Quasi Adolfo Mensa speaking to reporters. He says, quote, my wife tells me sometimes to say less, so I'll say less. Uh, that's a good piece of advice for any married man. And here's the context of it, Ron. Quasi was a little upset about the way his quotes were perceived from that USA Today story that we talked about yesterday where he said some stuff about Kirk. He said some mm -hmm. stuff about the Rams going full Rams, and it sounds like he's maybe going to take that advice and not say as much, not be as transparent. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've met the guy. I got a chance to talk to him. Um, whether it was just informal or what, I know the Vikings had some questions about he and I talking uh, because of the tweets I put out. So I know they're very particular about what gets out in the media that he says. Uh, when you're building a new regime, uh, you want to make sure you're saying all the right things. And, and a lot of times we were so upset with canned answers. And now we get a guy that's speaking his mind, speaking the truth. And now we're going to chastise and not really 
whether it's reiterate or ask or really portray what he said, um, it, it, it's tough. And this is why we live in a society where people do not want to speak their minds is because of that. Because the minute somebody says exactly what they're thinking, we take the negative out of it and not the positive, not the point that he's saying Kirk Cousins threw for 4,300 yards. We don't need to blow it up. You know, I know I don't have Tom Brady and, and Pat Mahomes. What's wrong with saying that? Like, you're talking about two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks who take every chance possible, who are okay with throwing 30 touchdowns and, and 20 interceptions. That's not Kirk Cousins. He's he's a perfectionist. So I don't understand the negative around it. I took it as a, yeah, I got a quarterback that I think can win some games for us. I got a quarterback that if our defense plays the way they can play and our offense plays the way they've been playing, we have a chance to be in the playoffs. And then who knows from there? Once everybody's in the playoffs, it's anybody's game. So I, I I don't like how people do it and how they try to like twist people's words. And I hate the clickbait headings. Um, but hey, everybody has a job to do. Everybody has people that, you know, come read my article. USA Today with the we're not going to go full blown Rams. Everybody wanted to see what the hell they was talking about. What does that mean? He's not going to go full blown Rams. So when you think about that, when you think about Quasi and what he's saying, he's just like, look, I've already said too much. The organization's already told me, hey, you got to be careful. You don't want to ruffle any feathers with any players. You don't want to, you know, start off on Kirk Cousins' bad side. Um, I, I think that's why he's probably just saying less. Like, look, I didn't mean it that way. My guess is he's going to have to talk to Kirk. Hey, this is what I meant. You know, I said you threw for 4,300 yards. And, and then when somebody has so many letters to put into an article, they leave out some stuff. So I'm pretty sure there's some other stuff that probably could have been put in there as he kept talking, but they just went with, hey, this is the juicy quote. So I get it, though. Say less, and then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, Quasi claimed the Kirk quotes were taken out of context. He did apologize to the Rams for his going full Rams quote. He couldn't really wiggle his way out of that one. Quote number two from Harrison Smith. Quote, I appreciate it because I'm a Nick Cage fan myself. Why is Harrison Smith talking about is. Nick Cage? It's Aaron yep, of... Rodgers. Aaron yep. Rodgers' slow-mo entrance into... Green Bay Packers training camp. He's got the the wife beater, the jeans, the slick back, long hair. Uh, quintessential Nick Cage, Ron. I assume you saw the video. Yeah, I saw the video. I saw the side-by-side. -side. I, I saw it all. Uh, I mean, when you have hair like that and you're married to a, 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 a movie star, hey, like, why not do it? Like, you're living a movie star's life right now. Like, you're 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 probably going to be in the next Divergent movie somehow. Um as what was it four there was six i mean what is he gonna be 12 in the movie like i could see that happening but um yeah it, it everybody does something like reggie wayne to me like i was with the coach as a coach so reggie wayne to me did it better than anybody um he's he had an actual fighter pilot uh drop him off he had a helicopter drop him off and he was like decked out in uh maverick gear because he was saying he was maverick or whatever or, or top gun um, he, he showed up in a dump truck, like he rented a dump truck, was dropped off in the dump truck, like full, like rock bed, everything with the yellow, you know, the yellow vest, the hard hat. Cause he said he was reporting to work, uh, and he was about to do some blue collar lunch box. He had a lunch pail. I mean, Reggie Wayne, he, he showed up in the F, uh, F1 Indy 500 cause they're in Indy 500 race car, like had somebody get him one of those. So Again, I get where Aaron Rodgers is going. Everybody used to do that back in the day anyway. There was all kinds of guys. You know, Antonio Brown, I think, showed up in a helicopter with, with a silver briefcase one time with his family. 
uh, saying he was he was he was ready to get the bag or secure the bag or something like that. And he had money in the suitcase. And, you know, I mean, it's everybody does stuff like that. Aaron Rodgers is just a little bit more subtle with his. And he showed up like Nicolas Cage. And of course, everybody picked up on it because of the hair right away. Um, I dig it. Like, it's cool. And that's that's like why Harrison Smith likes it. Like, why not? Like, you guys have been in the league for a long time. Uh, you know, some of that old school stuff is kind of going out the door. But but Aaron Rodgers remembers because he's he was around that era. He was around the Reggie Wayne and and, and Marvin Harrison and, and uh, Peyton Manning days when Reggie Wayne used to do that. And, uh, I mean, you had a lot of guys do stuff like that. It was always one or two. It wasn't the entire team showed up in crazy. But you had one or two guys that would show up and say they were ready for work like they they had a plan um you know wh whatever i know the ravens we had ray lewis and some of those guys would do stuff like that um where they would show up dressed as something or you know hey i'm, I'm reporting to duty or they're in a men in black suit because you know i'm gonna race the memories of every quarterback i see everybody has something so i get it i dig it last year patrick peterson showed up in i don't i don't even know if the thing was street legal like a batmobile customized purple and gold had some black accents sweet ride and they they had like a whole press release about it to uh to get people's attention you can't go with the press release route you got to just show up and you got to let it happen organically i appreciate the the look from rogers because it was pretty organic and pretty spot on and obviously they got the cameras there so they they captured it and put it out on social but nobody likes a good meme more than Aaron Rodgers. He loves memeing himself. Um, one more quote for you, Ron. <laughs> From Dalvin Cook. I've been trying a lot more acupuncture this offseason. Uh, I mean, who isn't? Who isn't getting more acupuncture now nowadays? But Dalvin Cook is trying to stay on the field for 17 games. He's doing everything in his power to get his body right for this season. So acupuncture or not, Ron. Is Dalvin Cook going to find a way this season to uh, to stay healthier as he hopes to? Well, if this is going to be a full-blown Rams-type offense, and clearly, Quasey, like, that's a slip of the tongue. The slip of the tongue is like, I probably shouldn't have said Rams because I'm giving away too much. But also, they're going half Rams. They're not going to go full-blown Rams. They're not blowing up the team, but they are going to do Rams stuff. So if you think about that offense – the running back isn't highly used all the time. This is going to be a team that he's going to have to do what's comfortable to his offense. Like, you can't come in. Not Any coach can call it the run game. But if you're not comfortable, you don't know when exactly to call it. And like you said, trying to figure out when to run the ball. Like, not on second and long. Let's still pass the ball. If it's first down and we don't get a successful run, let's pass the ball. We're not going to run it again just because we're in second and long. Uh, if it's third and short, do you run? Maybe. We probably pass the ball. So this is going to be a team that passes, 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 and then second and short, you probably see a run. Um, I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to have as much usage. I think he's going to have production, but I don't think he's going to have as much usage. So that should help. But the acupuncture is just blood flow, making sure the hamstrings are staying loose, making sure the muscles aren't getting tense, making sure you're getting the blood flow to all parts of the body. Uh, you're relaxing. You're not tense. You're not getting the little pains and aches. Uh, you know, acupuncture comes with a chiropractor. So, you know, getting adjusted, making sure you're, you're aligned, making sure your toes and your, your knees and everything's aligned so that, you know, every single step is nice and comfortable. Um, you're not, you're not, you know, out there stepping wrong and all of a sudden you tweak your back because your, your, your sacrum is off. You know, I mean, 
the acupuncture is not just acupuncture. It comes with some type of other, you know, adjustment or something, uh, whether it's a massage or, you know, something. So that's, I think that's going to be the cool thing about it is Dalvin Cook now is probably looking at, I got money to pay to take care of my body. I probably need to do it because this is like, our success is me staying on the field. If I'm off the field, now we're trying to scramble and figure out who's going to play next. Um, also, that's an easy way for somebody to say, we need to renegotiate that contract because you, you haven't been healthy. Uh, if he can say, you know, all 17 games this year, there's no question, you know, that the Vikings won't be successful. But that's got to be the key. But that's what I think he's saying. He knows what, what he has to do to, one, keep the money, stay on the field, and win these games. This might be a, its own topic for a different show, but is Dalvin Cook maybe the only guy on that roster who looks at the coaching change and says, ah, I don't know if this is great for me, because nobody was in Dalvin's court like Mike Zimmer. Nobody wanted to give Dalvin the ball like Mike Zimmer. And now he's got a coach who, who might want to spread it around and who might not quite have the affection for Dalvin Cook that Mike Zimmer did. Just an interesting thing to noodle on. Yeah, I mean, Kevin O'Connell did play for the Patriots, though, too. So they had a similar style offense. It was always like it was a bunch of different running backs that caught the ball out the backfield. Um, you know, it was never really just a diehard. You never, I mean, you never really truly had, I mean, way back in the day, I'm talking about Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, but before them, yeah. But, you know, you never really truly, like Bledsoe, yeah, they were running the ball. But Brady became a passing team. And so it was always running back by committee. Yeah, they needed running backs, Kevin White or whatever, White and all those other guys. Um, but it, it was never truly like Danny Woodhead. It was never truly just a, a workhorse back that we're going to pay a lot of money to. I mean, they did draft Lawrence Maroney in the first round, and that was kind of their, their start of thinking they need to run the ball. And then what happened? They ended up going away from it and still passing the ball. So even with Lawrence Maroney, they still threw the ball. And that was their first round draft pick. So I think when it comes down to it, Kevin O'Connell is going to do what feels comfortable. And yeah, you're right. Dalvin Cook might, that might be a topic. Dalvin Cook might be the one. But I want to thank Antoine Burns for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. Thank you, Sam Maxstrom. Uh, we, we thank you all for listening. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is the Ron Johnson Show. You can download, subscribe, comment, like, share. Take us wherever you go. But have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.